The Womb School podcast is sponsored by Keeping It Fresco and their tuning deck. Keeping It Fresco is a soul-led and mission-driven creative agency that I, Jasmine, happen to be the founder of. At Keeping It Fresco, we create intentional designs that help people and companies fully express themselves and create the impact that they want in their communities. The tune-in deck is an incredible tool to help you pause during your day and tune in to yourself. Whether you're on the go or winding down from a busy day, these cards are the perfect addition to your self-care routine. These 32 cards will get you thinking and help change your perspective. Each card has its own personality and purpose. Every time you pull a card, it is a reminder to help you practice being present in all the little moments of your life and tune in. Each color has a different theme, color, artwork, and affirmation to help you tune in to the now and to yourself. Use code WOMBSCHOOL, W-O-M-B-S-C-H-O-O-L at checkout and get free shipping on your deck today. Go to keepingitfresco.com and give yourself the gift of tuning in. As a friendly disclaimer, the information shared on the podcast, including but not limited to text, graphic, images, and other material contained at the Wound School podcast, are for informational purposes only. No material on this podcast or our social media handles and website is intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Cindy, she, they, is the founder of Pleasure to People. They are a certified sexuality educator specializing in sexual diversity through bilingual educational programming. Cindy is on a mission to fill the educational gaps in sexual and reproductive health programming and services by providing medically accurate information with a holistic approach to all of their offerings. Cindy's story is one of overcoming trauma and toxic relationships, all while navigating the intersections of being a first-generation Salvadorian Guatemalan in a conservative Central American family. Growing up, they witnessed how traditional cultural beliefs plague their community, family, and most importantly, reinforce shame about their queer identity, all leading her to the road of self-acceptance love, and a fulfilling career as a certified sex educator. For the past decade, they have spread the word of comprehensive sex education by empowering thousands to live a life of pleasure and wellness unapologetically. Cindy supports folks to make informed sexual health decisions that aligns with their values. In this episode, we talk about pleasure, releasing shame, sex, anatomy, and consenting to yourself, and everything in between. I am Hasmeen, and this is Womb School, and classes in session. Cindy, welcome to the Womb School podcast. I am so excited for our guests to get to know you and learn from you. I'm so glad that we're able to reconnect after all this time. And I'm just so thrilled to have you here. Thank you for joining us. So much for having me, Jasmine. It's really exciting. And I'm glad that you reached out. And it's nice to see how 
our work individually has evolved and we can come together still and still be a part of this. For sure. I am so excited to get started with this episode and this conversation, especially learning about sexuality and pleasure. I'm sure our listeners are very excited to learn from you as well. So to get started, I like to ask all of our guests, what would you call this current chapter in your life? Mm, I feel like it's a realignment. I've been really thinking about just a lot of transitions. Like I moved out to the East Coast about a year and a half ago. And, you know, that has been interesting to just realign. Like, what am I doing in this work? How do I want to show up again? What am I shedding? What am I letting go of? And it's really been just a lot of returning back to myself and how I've always been. So realignment feels good. So let's dive deep and elaborate on that. So right now you're in the chapter of realignment. Can you tell us a little bit about your life story and how it led to the chapter that you are in now and becoming a really incredible and empowering bilingual sexuality educator? What brought you to do the work that you are doing today? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I have a background in languages. So when I was in college, my bachelor's was in healthcare, interpreting and translating. And I did a lot of work um, translating at healthcare facilities, um, specifically for patients who were recovering from brain aneurysms and um, working with physical and occupational therapists. So I did a lot of that um, on top of doing public education work. So I worked in different positions within different school districts um, at the school level, like being a person in the office and working with the students um, and staff, and then being at like the department level, um, putting together like trainings for bilingual staff and um, making sure that we're meeting the state, you know, um, requirements for English learners, all of those different things. Um, so that's kind of what I bring into this work. And then after college, I was married for, you know, we were newlyweds, my husband and I, and then um, I started feeling a lot of pain, went to the doctor finally, because I finally mm -hmm. had health insurance. <laughs> you know, the struggle being oh, college yeah. student. <laughs> um, I finally had health insurance, so I went to go get myself checked. And then um, they discovered that I had an ovarian cyst, a, a big one on my right ovary. Um, oh, they yeah. said it was the size of a grapefruit. Um, so I had to have, had to have um, emergency ovarian surgery. And so they removed that ovary. Mm -hmm. Luckily, I still have one left. Um, and that one had a smaller cyst on it. Um, and anyway, long story short, it was basically birth control did not sit well with my body. Um, yeah. the pill I had been on it for about six years. Um, after the surgery, you know, they were like, well, you know, you could probably go back on it. And I was like, nah, that's not really like what I'm trying to do anymore. Um, so I started learning about fertility awareness and tracking my cycle. And then from there, it's evolved into like what I do now, which is a more full spectrum sex, sexuality, and gender. And um, I got my master's in Latin American studies. And my research was on reproductive justice and Latinx communities. So yeah, that's, that's pretty much that whole journey took about like a decade to get here. <laughs> I appreciate you sharing your story with us. I definitely saw the theme of realignment 
come up continuously as you shared your journey. I resonated a lot with your journey because I too had to have the same surgery when I was pregnant with my first son, my firstborn. And I know how stressful that can be. And so I empathize and I'm sorry that you had to go through that. I really am. And I also find it so interesting that we both went of our journey of educating ourselves, healing ourselves, and realizing this has to be better. I Why is it that I don't know about my body? What's going on? So I resonate with that because that surgery when I had it and birthing my children and a lot of medical procedures with my reproductive health really is what started me to my path of healing and empowerment, which has led me to where I am at now hosting this podcast. So thank you for sharing that because I resonated and I saw a lot of parallels and I found it so beautiful and so insightful. And I appreciate you sharing that with us. Yeah, me, me too. Like, you know, and, and I find, and I'm so glad that you're sharing that too, because like, I find that a lot of us who are in this work, it requires a lot of self-study first until we have the means to like actually join a program or find mentorship and stuff like that. So um, a lot of it does come from self-study and that's totally, totally valid. And I think we don't talk about that enough, especially in like the professional field. I agree. I feel like that self-education and going out there and being vulnerable and doing the work of healing and educating yourself is more valuable than we realize, which leads me to our next question. So that idea of self-study. For our listeners who are starting their journey of tuning into their bodies, tuning into their wombs, they're here on the Womb School podcast. They want to learn. So particularly through the lens of pleasure and sexuality, what would you say is a good entry point for our listeners to start going on their own journeys? Um, Communication. You know, I think the biggest thing with a lot of people who are in the dating scene right now is like just not connecting or not meshing well when it comes to communication. Um, and not only like in the sexual matter, but just like, do we vibe? Do we get along? Do we like each other? What are you into? What am I into? You know? Um, so I find that communication is still kind of um, important. And needs to be emphasized. And because with communication comes safety and understanding and empathy and holding space for each other and, and healing, really. Yeah. You know, it, it, I think that in order to access the type of pleasure that you want, you need to be, you need to feel safe first. And communication is one of the biggest things that you can uh, develop mm-hmm. as a partner or as a lover. Yes, it is so foundational. It's not only a point of entry, especially as you pointed it out. We need communication for that safety. We need that communication for the healing, not only with our partner, partners, but for ourselves as well. So this is something that I'm going to anchor and ground myself in and actively try to improve on. So thank you. Um, But I do know that communication is easier said than done. So Cindy, how can we be better at communicating our needs? Yeah, um, so there's one tool that I can definitely share and it's creating a yes, no, and maybe list. Mm -hmm. Um, 
So just kind of creating a list for yourself. And, you know, there's different prompts that you can look at. Um, like there's different categories that you can put into each one, right? So let's say, for example, um, yes for like, I'm trying to think. Yes, for like using sex toys, right? Okay, so what kind of sex toys are we into? Um, no on anal. Okay, so we're not going to do that. Maybe is like, I'm not super sure, but I'm not unsure still. So that could become a green or a red, right? So that could be, um, that could be a massage, you know, like massaging somebody like, oh, I'm, I love touching right like touching makes me feel intimate it makes me feel connected like I would be willing to try that maybe we need to take a class together or maybe I want to take a class on my own so I can learn how I feel about that first before mm-hmm. I want to experience that with somebody else okay womb school listeners I hope you got your notebooks out because Cindy laid out our homework assignment for the week so we're all gonna go make our yes no maybe list and I really appreciate how accessible this tool is because we can type it up in our phones. We can put it in our planners, jot it down on a post-it, in our journals, anywhere. It's very accessible and it's something that could be very empowering. So this leads me to my next question because sometimes presenting our needs can feel very uncomfortable or awkward for some folk. So I do have a question. How would you go about presenting a yes, no, maybe list to your partner or partners. Can you elaborate and give some tips on how to go about them? Absolutely. And I think for a lot of people who are married, like mm-hmm. you and me, um, there's this, well, I think generations before, right? Like mm-hmm. there, there was this idea. And I think that's where like a lot of heteronormative ideas come in when it comes to like marriage and monogamy and stuff. Um, there's this idea that like, okay, you found the one. Mm-hmm. And now they have to like understand every single element of you on every single level, but like you're growing and you're changing together. So yeah. sexually you will evolve too. Like there's, okay. you know, hormonal changes. There's, you just are a different person now, or maybe you feel a little bit more open or closed or depending on what life mm-hmm. transition you're in. Maybe you just gave birth and now you're like, I don't want to be touched or I don't want to experience this. Yeah. Or maybe I I like my sexual drive is like much more heightened than it used to be. Yeah. So um, taking all of that into consideration, I think like, wh- how is the best way you to communicate? Are you more direct? You know, do you like leading more of that conversation? And if you do have reservations, maybe writing something down, you know, and being yeah. like, hey, like, I feel a little bit shy about bringing this up. Um, but I want to, because I want to experience a different, um, level of intimacy with you. And I want to explore these things. How do you feel about that? You know, as you were talking, I kept thinking how vital it is for us to begin having these conversations with ourselves first and giving ourselves permission to explore ourselves. You know, I know that our generation grew up without much autonomy or education or awareness about our wants or needs and desires. So I think this self-exploration can also be something that we can add to the many tools that you've already shared with us that can begin our healing and empowerment journey 
to connecting with our bodies through the lens of sexuality and pleasure? Why not? Like you are the one that's going to live in your body until like you're no longer here, (laughs) you know? So if you know what feels good in your body and what doesn't feel good, how can we expect the other person or other people to even know what's up, right? Um, And then even if they don't know how to ask that, just simply saying something like, I think it's really hot when you do X, Y, and Z. Yeah. You know, then that will be like, oh, you know, light bulb goes off. Maybe I should do that. (laughs) You know? I love this conversation so much already, Cindy. You have no idea. A resounding yes to everything you just said. And that's that's consensual too. Enthusiastic, yes. So I love hearing that. (laughs) Yes, yes. Okay. So tying in with what you've taught us already how can we go about in learning and exploring what we like like you mentioned like we mentioned before you know depending on like your background and if you grew up in a like very conservative family or maybe you didn't even get the sex talk I know that a lot of Mm -hmm. us didn't I sure as heck did not (laughs) which is why I, I chose this field you know um giving yourself permission could literally be like I'm gonna schedule because we all use calendars now I'm gonna schedule 30 minutes of personal time and I'm gonna sit there and just like feel what feels good and you can like set the mood right you could light some candles you can put up a playlist that feels good for you that gets you in that like relaxed state so that way you can start exploring your body and that can be through touch that can be through scent um getting yourself some like really nice essential oils maybe drawing yourself a bath with some like nice um smelling things you know all of those things really contribute to getting you in a place where you're like okay I feel relaxed now now I can experience feeling good in my body Mm -hmm. um but first it starts with your mind right until you like get into that place where you feel safe to do that Um, But there's different, there's different rituals and practices that I think are important. And it doesn't have to be this like, grand production, right? It could literally be like, I'm gonna take 30 minutes for myself to do this. And nobody has to know it's like 30 minutes of personal time. Yeah. Just leave me alone. (laughs) You know, exactly. I loved how you pointed out safety and that it doesn't have to look like a production. Because a lot of us, when it comes to discovering what we like sexually, we weren't given the space or the autonomy to figure that out. And so sometimes we portray or we base it off what we saw in the media, on TV, on social media, you name it. But we all know that what we see on the media isn't realistic and it's not inclusive. And a lot of times it isn't safe. So with that in mind, I would really appreciate it if we can take it back and we can take it back to the basics because not everyone with a womb identifies as a female and our anatomy can differ, which definitely affects how we can experience pleasure. Can you give us a quick one-on-one anatomy class? So typically what we're taught is like female and male reproductive system. So if we think of what is classified as female reproductive system, then we're looking at the vulva and the clitoris that those are the structures, right? Um, That, so for, for people who 
identify however they identify, we all have external and internal reproductive anatomies. Okay. Mm -hmm. So for people who have clitorises and vulvas, the vulva is what you see on the outside. That's often confused as the vagina. The vagina is the internal component. Mm -hmm. What like yeah. when you're birthing a baby or when you are menstruating, that's where all of that comes out of, right? The internal structure is the vaginal canal. Yeah. The outer structure, the external is the vulva. So the clitoris, what you see, the tip of the clitoris, and then the labia, um, the urethra, which is the hole where you urinate from, um, and then the anus, which yeah. we should all have, right? <laughs> and then for people who are categorized as like assigned male at birth, that's where they have a penis and then even they have the internal structures, right? Of like the testicles, the scrotum, the prostate, the um, van boss deferens, right? Um, if we're getting more technical terms. Um, the interesting thing though, that I think not too many people learn unless you're in this field or you're just like super interested in anatomy is that we all start out with, I always cannot pronounce this correctly. So correct me if I'm wrong. Homo homologous homologous structures so basically it means like we all start out with this with the same genitalia up until a certain point of when we're in utero um, or when we're developing inside of the uterus um, and that is the same for about 14 weeks mm -hmm. then at a, the 14 week mark then there starts to become a differentiated uh, genitalia and that becomes a vulva or a penis or you know intersex which does not fit in into either one mm. um so that's pretty much that um for people who have clitorises and vulvas what we see on the outside is the clitoris which is like that little button at the top yeah um but it's actually much bigger um it's bigger on internally think about it like an iceberg right you only see the tip of the iceberg but there's a whole structure uh -huh. underneath the water yeah. that's pretty much how a, a clitoris structure looks and it's it looks like a wishbone so what you see on the outside is like that tip where both bones connect and then you have the legs and that's actually under the labia so all of that um is actually helpful and and in knowing that home mapping of like there's different points that you can touch it doesn't just have to be clitoral stimulation it could be yeah. massaging around the labia like there's sensitivity everywhere um and actually the 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 um the tissue of the head of the penis is the same tissue of the inner lips oh. so when we when we were talking about like how we all start out with the same structures yeah. when it evolves and, and develops um with the hormonal changes and everything um it just kind of like it, the structure is just different. So yeah. the same tissues are just aligned in different parts. I definitely did not get that in depth of a sex ed anatomy class in high school or junior high or ever. So I really appreciate it because those basics are very foundational and a lot of us are missing these basics and we're all trying to fill the gaps in our learning and in our education. So I really, really appreciate that you took the time to go over that. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's really interesting and fascinating. And it's super important to know just body anatomy 101, right? So let's continue. 
we've established the foundations, communication, safety, consent, anatomy. Now let's dive into the science. Can you tell us the science of orgasms? Why are they good for us? Yeah. So orgasms basically is like the heightened state of sexual arousal. So like you can think about it as a peak or several different peaks, right? Um, Now, most people think like orgasm is achieved in only one way, right? When we're thinking about it in like basic terms, it's people think penis and vagina or penetration like equals orgasm. Yeah. Unfortunately, studies have shown that like I don't remember the exact number, but it's like more than half of people with vulvas do not experience orgasm through penetration alone. So that's where that pleasure gap comes in. Um, So the science of orgasms is basically um, at this heightened state of arousal, your muscles contract. So, you know, your muscles around your anus contract, um, your heart rate goes up, um, breathing increases, right? Um, And then the final, like, I guess, physical manifestation of of the orgasm is ejaculation through penis. That's where semen comes out. And if you want to get pregnant or don't, then that all depends on where you're at on your cycle or also um, known as female ejaculation is squirting. Um, Some people experience that, others don't. It's totally normal whether you do or you don't. It just is all unique to your own anatomy. Mm -hmm. Um, But basically why it's so good is because when you're experiencing that, when you have an orgasm, um, you release endorphins and those endorphins are what make you feel good. And so that's why you feel sleepy or you feel relaxed or you feel happy. Um, That's why some people masturbate to relieve pain, um, to relieve stress, like all of that, you know, oxytocin and dopamine gets released when you're experiencing an orgasm and an orgasm cannot is not only limited to the genital area Mm -hmm. or genitalia it can really be experienced in different parts like if you think about um if you've ever had like a sexy dream or like when you're young right they call them wet dreams um that's all mental right and Mm -hmm. you could totally have an orgasm just based on the thoughts and you know experiences you're having in in a dream so Mm -hmm. it really just your body is interesting and so you can if you understand and tap into those different erogenous zones and points then um you can experience different types of orgasm i wish i had you when i was younger this conversation has been so healing for me already and i hope that our listeners feel the same way i'm gonna get a little vulnerable for a little bit because i want you to understand the context of my next question So at least for me and my personal experience, without getting too much into detail, I grew up in a very conservative, high demands, very religious household, community, and state. Therefore, sexuality equaled shame, and my feminine body was a sin. My existence was a sin. I remember as soon as I developed boobs, I was being told by my parents and by my religious leaders to cover up because the adult men 
in my neighborhood and in my church were sinning because of me. Granted, I wasn't dressing provocatively. I would just be like a regular teenager wearing her uniform to school. So I didn't even get to choose the clothes I wanted to wear. And I was being told that my existence was sin, basically. Yet I was very groomed to only really aspire to marriage and to do everything in my life to lead up for my future husband. So when I got married at a young age, after a lifetime of hearing sex is bad, my body's a sin, I was supposed to suddenly flip the switch from night to day and be the sexual being for my partner. (laughs) And it was very hard for me to do. And I've done a lot of healing. And I have a really great partner who understood what I was going through. And we've left that community and we've empowered ourselves. We've healed ourselves. We're constantly working on this. Um, decolonization and restructuring our belief system. But unfortunately, I still live in this state, (laughs) but I have met so many people in my own community that this is their story too. And it breaks my heart. So that leads me to my last question. For folk who might be experiencing this as well, who might find themselves closer to their mid thirties and still completely disassociated with their body. Still trying to figure out how to voice their needs and working through so much shame. Um, this might be a heavy question. Um, and I apologize if it is, but do you have any words or advice for releasing that shame? Yeah. So first of all, it's never too late to learn and understand your anatomy and that's totally not your fault. So that shame that you've been carrying, it's okay to give yourself permission to let go of what that was and then move forward now a little bit more open and be like, okay, like I want to experience how my body feels good so I can communicate that first of all with myself and then maybe with somebody else later down the line. Um, I think just understanding and giving yourself permission to explore. um, And that could be different, right? That could be maybe you need visual stimulation. So maybe you want to look at pornography, right? And there might be shame around that too. Um, And that's totally understandable. But, you know, I think that um, there's a lot of misinformation about pornography and what it represents and what it does to like the human brain and you have to understand that a lot of that comes from religious doctrine um, that doesn't really understand the psychology and like sexuality in general um, and has their own agendas. But um, watching pornography does not make you a sex addict. A A sex addiction is a whole other thing that has a whole list of requirements (laughs) to diagnose. So I just want to put that out there in case anybody listening has some types of feelings about it or they've heard things there's a lot more to it than that Mm -hmm. um give yourself permission you know write that list down how I think first starting out with how do you want to feel when you are in in an intimate space Mm -hmm. do you want to feel um you obviously want to feel safe you obviously want to feel in communication right 
you want to be in tune with what feels right. And then you want to be so in tune that when something feels off, you can immediately say, hey, you know what, hold up. That doesn't feel right. Let's switch it up or let's pause or whatever, whatever, you know, feels comfortable for you. Um, giving yourself permission and also not um, pressuring yourself to feel like you have to <laughs> become this like sexual being or this sexual goddess or whatever idea you have in your head because, you know, sexuality is expressed in so many different ways. Um, and that's up to you how you want to do that. Yeah. Um, I think that I think that's that's the biggest thing that I can um, leave people with is your sexuality is your own. Your body is yours and you get to determine how you want to explore that. I love that. Thank you. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure a lot of people have never heard this before. So that's why I'm saying it. if your mom and dad never told you this, I'm telling you right now. <laughs> I hope everybody like paused, rewinded, and re-listened, paused, rewind, and listened to everything you said, because thank you. And honestly, interesting enough, what stood out from what you said was how healing it can be to be playful and curious with yourself without any expectation, and how play is medicine. That that resonated with me deeply, and I'm interested to see which parts of what you shared resonated with our listeners. So thank you. Playful, playful. Thank you for reminding us that that's really what it all comes down to, right? Being playful and using that playful, creative energy to play around and being like, let's try this. How does that feel? Yeah. You know, and, and not being so, I think the shame feels so heavy mm -hmm. that that's what creates the overwhelm. And that's what creates this like, Oh, I can't even like go there. It's yeah. like a dark, scary closet. I don't want to go in there. There's all kinds of scary things. It's like, no, it could be playful. Like could even start with flirting, right? Like flirting and saying some some words that maybe you wouldn't have used before, you know, and, and introducing that into your vocabulary. Why not? I'm so sad. Our time has come to an end for this episode. I feel like I can easily spend another few hours talking to you. I wish I didn't live so far away so we can be friends in real life and grab coffee. Um, how can our audience find you and how can we support and love on you? Because this episode has been so healing and I'm so thankful. How can we support you? Yeah. So you can probably find me on Instagram. That's where I'm most active. It's pleasure to just spell out all the words, pleasure to people. And then my website, pleasure to people.com. Um, I have some, you can request um, different educational workshops on there. I have a request form there. You just select what you want. I talk about all different kinds of things, communication and consent, healthy relationships, um, anatomy, and I teach all ages. I've taught youth um, K through 12 to adulthood. And as you know, with the adults, which is 18 or older, we have a little bit more freedom. We can speak yeah. a little bit more openly about certain things with the youth. There's a little bit more like structure and, and different things that we talk about um, to help them at a developmental level. But yeah. You can find me there and, and request um, whatever services you're looking for. I'm, I'm open and, and 
always happy to provide this education. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Womb School Podcast. If you like what you heard, please tag us on Instagram and subscribe to our newsletter at thewombschoolpodcast.com. You are also invited to subscribe to us wherever you listen to your podcast. All of our guest information will be linked in our show notes and also on our website. See you next week in class. This is Womb School. Thank you.